1580 Glad to have you with us uh, in this hour. What a day this has been. Uh, in case you uh, have not heard uh, the news, um, we started our program uh, two hours ago now uh, with breaking news that uh, Tucker Carlson uh, is out at Fox News. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. And Don Lemon is out at CNN. Never in my career, and I've been doing this three decades, never in my career, if I had a morning quite like this, were two major anchors on two major networks, one white, one black, that is to say, one white anchor, one white male anchor, one black male anchor. Uh, all the networks are white. <laughs> I'm talking now about the individuals who we're talking about. Um, both ousted within the same hour. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm still stunned two hours later. Uh, Fox News made its announcement first that um, it was parting ways, um, uh, allegedly, amicably, based on the statement they put forth. Uh, Fox News has parted ways with Tucker Carlson. Um, uh, you can't not disconnect his uh, departure from that $787 million settlement that Fox just made to Dominion uh, Voting Systems. Uh, and there's another uh, company, Smartmatic, uh, that's uh, getting ready to get its paycheck from Fox News as well. So, again, if you figure 787 to Dominion, you figure just making this up, I don't know, $500 million to Smartmatic, that's over a billion dollars uh, that Tucker Carlson and his antics uh, have, uh, have cost that network. And so um, there's always a price to be paid. I didn't think that when they agreed to the settlement that, Tucker would be fired. I didn't. It wasn't even in my mind. Uh, but uh, there's always a price to be paid by somebody when you uh, are d dishing out that kind of money over stuff that uh, was being advanced, lies that were being perpetrated and advanced over your network. So that's the story with Tucker Carlson. Uh, he and Fox News have parted ways. Um, at CNN, uh, it's not so amicable. Don Lemon has tweeted this morning. Uh, he uh, is very upset. Um, saying that he learned from his agent that he'd been relieved of his duties. Nobody spoke to him. He didn't see it coming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, take it for what it's worth. Um, we all know the drama that uh, Don has gotten himself into. Uh, here recently making comments uh, like the one about Nikki Haley uh, now running for president on the Republican ticket being, uh, uh, you know, past her prime. That didn't sit well with a lot of white women, and uh, white women make up the majority of the morning television audience. And there are other issues. Um, and uh, so Don Lemon is out at CNN. Uh, Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. Uh, both of those announcements coming literally in the same hour. Uh, two different networks, um, uh, two different styles. Um, but yet they both uh, came to decisions this morning. They would part ways with two of their major anchors. Uh, and so in the coming days, we will continue to follow the story. I can assure you. <laughs> There'll be a lot more to talk about uh, here on KBLA uh, as these stories unfold. Uh, so uh, be sure to tune in this afternoon to Ariva Martin in real time. I'm sure Ariva will be, uh, Ariva will be all over this. Ariva is a regular contributor at CNN, so I know she has her own take about Don being ousted, given that she um, oftentimes appears on CNN, as you well know. So Ariva will have her take, I'm sure, uh, today from 4 to 6 on Ariva Martin in real time. And uh, stay tuned to The Raw Report with Robin Ayers. All the major trade magazines are writing stories about this. I'm sure Robin will be able to update you on the latest regarding the trades, the Hollywood trades, and what they're saying about what happened at Fox News and CNN. And, of course, tomorrow morning, certainly, Dominique Dupreme of First Things First will be talking about this, no doubt, uh, when she cracks the mic 
6 to 9, a, uh, 6 to 9 a.m. tomorrow morning Pacific time. So stay tuned to KBLA Talk 1580 for all the breaking news on uh, Don Lemon uh, out at CNN, Tucker Carlson out at Fox, and uh, the president. Uh, perhaps as early as tomorrow, we are told, uh, making his announcement uh, that he is, in fact, running for re-election. So a lot of big news uh, early in this week. Um, say nothing of whatever the rest of the week will bring, but uh, we are here for you 24-7 unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk 1580. When we come forward, we'll commence a conversation about this. Uh, first of all, Dr. Daniel Black is back. Uh, when he was last with us, just to tee this up, when he was last with us, we had to wrap our conversation just as we were getting into a dialogue about whether, here's how I would put it, whether Jesus Christ is the victim of identity theft. <laughs> If Jesus came back to earth today, he would be, it seems to me, a perfect candidate for one of those uh, LifeLock identity theft protection television commercials that we all watch. Put another way, why is it that in his name, in his name, the so-called prosperity gospel continues to rage and, for that matter, resonate? Have you ever thought about the dichotomy of Jesus being broke, but those who profess to be his servants continuing to teach and preach that the more you give, the more you'll have. That faith is all you need to attain wealth, success, and abundance. And moreover, if you do not have these trappings of success, then there's something wrong with you, O ye of little faith. You can expect some fireworks in this hour when we come forward with Dr. Daniel Black on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. I'm Tavis Smiley. Glad to have you in with us in this hour. Our guest is Dr. Daniel Black, uh, and uh, we are delighted to have him back on this program. Uh, Dr. Black, when you were last here, we had a, a, a rich, rich dialogue for the hour. And right near the end of the hour, uh, you made a statement to me, and it teed up this conversation uh, that I told you we'd have to continue the next time you were on. So this is that next time, and I'm glad to have you back, Dr. Daniel Black. How are you today, sir? I'm fantastic, Brother Tavis. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad to be here. It's my great honor. Uh, glad, to, uh, glad to have you for the hour. So you, you heard um, uh, my, uh, my teeing this conversation up, uh, and the way I, the way I frame this um, is uh, raising this question of whether or not Jesus Christ is the, uh, has been the, uh, the victim of identity theft. What you, what you were starting to talk about, again, the last time you were here, uh, was uh, this prosperity gospel that continues, as I said, to rage and resonate. I don't need to color the beginning right. of this conversation much more than that. Uh, take it away, and we'll, we'll, I'll follow you, sir. Well, you know, the, the place I'd start, Brother Tavis, that I think is extremely, extremely important, is to first be clear that being rich and being prosperous are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So prosperity gospel, right, Prosperity gospel is not a gospel that makes a person rich. Prosperity gospel makes you clear of your value. It's not an issue of riches. Jesus was never rich and never sought it. But Jesus was clear who Jesus was. That's why Jesus was so wealthy. He was not rich, but he was wealthy. Because wealth has to do with what you perceive about yourself. Riches has has to do with what tangible items have you gathered that you can barter and sell in this natural world. Mm -hmm. And so a prosperity gospel is really a deception. Jesus never preached a prosperity gospel. 
That's something we made up, and people attach it with Jesus so that people can feel good about exploiting other people in order to have more wealth than other folks have. And the reason it gets popular among black people is because when black people ran into Christianity, when black people ran into this notion of Christianity, I should probably say here in the West, and, and thus ran into Jesus, white folks had attached Jesus with wealth. And so what we began to believe was, oh, then the wealthy people must be favored of God. Mm. So then those folks who were holding us in prison, those people who were holding us enslaved, they must know God better. God must like them better. God must favor them better. And there's even language in the Bible that suggested, you know, this whole notion that the Jews were God's chosen people. First of all, that suggests that God likes God like some people better than other people, which I think is problematic. We'll get to that in a minute. But what I'm really saying here is I have learned, Tavis, that a prosperity gospel is going to destroy every single one of us. Mm. Because a prosperity gospel seeks to put all of your hope in that which you can see. Mm. And the point of a Savior is to shift your eyes from the illusion of what you see to the dream and the hope of what you cannot. Because mm. that's the only thing that's going to last forever is what you cannot see. Yeah. So, so help me, help me understand, unpack for me um, your, your, your formulation uh, that this prosperity gospel uh, being preached uh, unabated is going to destroy all of us. Yes, and that's really what's happening in this world right now, uh, 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 Brother Tavis. And, and the reason it's going to destroy all of us, because what prosperity gospel does is it makes us believe that the hope, the dream, the success of life is material gain. Mm -hmm. But what happens when we believe the hope is material gain is we'll take it from someone else in order to possess it. Mm. See, the dream of materialism is a dream of exploitation. By definition, by definition, when your success is excess, you will exploit anybody to have it. Mm. And that's precisely what's happening, not just in America, but all, all around the world. So this prosperity gospel we're preaching, what's happening is the church is sponsoring, the church is supporting, the church is helping to, ex to exploit other people and other nations in the world. Most people in the church just turn a blind eye to the particular people who actually commit the act. But we call it a blessing. Here's how you know, Tavis. A woman could drop her purse and have $1,000 in it. And there are people who would find it and find $1,000 and call themselves blessed of God. <laughs> <laughs> That's not blessed of God. Uh, it, yeah, it's not a blessing if her ID is in the purse. <laughs> And, now, and in fact, they'll look right past her ID. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Let let me. I take your point though. It's it's a good one. It's funny, but it's a good one. Let let me ask you um, to say a word, if you will, Doctor Black, about the unique, and I, I think that's the right word, the unique relationship that Black folk have to materialism. And I say unique because around the world. Um, it's not just yeah. black folk who crave things uh, around the globe. That's right. It's not just black folk who want to brag about what they have, what they've attained, what they've acquired. Uh, it's not just black folk around the world who are who are not interested really in chasing greatness, but in chasing the trappings of success. That cannot be That's put right. 
just upon black people, but it, but it is worth interrogating and getting you to expound upon the unique relationship that black folk have, given that we've never had much of anything. There's something very different fact, about the way black people and materialism right. uh, uh, go together. So talk to me about that. That's right. In fact, part of the problem is exactly that, that for 400 years, we were denied almost every materiality conceivable. Mm -hmm. now, now, Tavis, what's profound about this point is while we were denied almost every physical material thing, what that was when our spiritual power was at its height. Mm. The scripture says birds of the air don't even worry about where the next straw is coming from for their nest. But they're confident that it will come. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't spend a year saving up straws somewhere and then and then go to that place and build their nest. No. They believe that the earth is going to provide them when they need it. Yes. And I say that because what, ends up ha what ended up happening with us is having been enslaved, especially throughout the diaspora, for 400 years and denied, again, almost every material thing. What happened in black folks is we literally, we acquire within us the dream and the hope of materiality as the measure of freedom. Mm. Mm. That our freedom, would, we would know the measure of our freedom by our access to physical goods and resources. So once we were freed from slavery, the dream and the hope of black folks has been to have the same materiality that the slave captor has always had. And that was one of the ways we would know that, in fact, we had become full citizens of America. The part we didn't know fully then was in order to have those resources, you've got to enslave somebody else to get it. Mm. See, it was upon our backs that white supremacy thrived. So in order for black folks to have their share if you will, of the American pie. You're going to have to step on somebody's back also to do it. The crime has been, many of us have been willing to do precisely that. But that dream also, Travis, that dream also, we think, has been, if God loves us, if we serve God well, if we honor God fully, God will, quote-unquote, bless us the way God, the same way God blessed the oppressor. Um, a couple the things. problem is we got to stop calling. We have to stop calling materiality blessings. Nope, I hear that. That's a powerful point. Stop calling materiality blessings. I take that. I'm underlining That's that right. eight times on, on the air here. Here's the thing about our people, and I love our people as you do, obviously. Um, Absolutely. But it's one thing about us that I do not understand, and maybe you can shed some light on this for me. I've said this many times in 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 a variety of places. Um, that black people. Sadly, regrettably, we will spend money that we don't have buying stuff we don't need, trying to impress folk we don't even like. We will spend money we don't have buying right. stuff we don't need, that's trying right. to impress folk we don't even like. I mean, think about this. Half the time you're trying to impress somebody just to show them, but you don't even like them, but you're trying to impress them. What is what is it about us that allows us to do that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because we are trying to impress people we don't like, but we like ourselves less. Why? Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. Ooh is right. Ooh is right. As the black preacher says, I think I just said something. I think I just uh -huh. said something. I, I, think you said, I think you just said something, Dr. Black. 
That's right. We like ourselves less. And Tavis, when we're buying stuff we don't need, we're really trying to purchase self-worth. We're trying to buy value. We're trying to buy self-esteem. We're trying to put on, we're physical in terms of clothes and shoes. You know, all the, the materialities, you know, I teach at a black college, and most of my kids have 10 and 20 and 30 pair of, uh, not shoes, just sneakers alone. Yeah. But, but they're trying to purchase self-worth, hoping that what they put on materially will transfer and translate into the worth of their flesh. Mm. Mm. Is there a difference for you between, you mentioned uh, moments ago, that what we're trying to uh, appropriate, what we're trying to access, uh, is a measure of freedom. I I, I heard that phrase, yes. a measure of freedom. Um, since you teach this stuff every day at a at a black college uh, in Atlanta, um, is there a distinction for you between freedom and liberation? Are, are are black people free, or are we liberated? Are we liberated and not free? Are we neither? Is there a distinct a distinction that you make between freedom and liberation? I think so. I think so, Brother Tavis. And the first thing I will say is this. The, the problem with our notion of freedom is we think our notion of freedom is can we do what white supremacy can do? Mm-hmm. Do we have the same, oh, God help me, do we have the same rights and privileges <laughs> of white supremacy? See, the reason that that's not freedom, though, is because white supremacy is in white supremacy is in is is imprisoned. White supremacy itself is incarcerated. Mm-hmm. White supremacy is not freedom. White supremacy is exploitation. So when you use white supremacy as your measure and the means of what you want to be able to do, you are entering a contract with bondage. Mm. White supremacy is not free. It is not free if you live better than most other people you know. It is, and, and, Tavis, I was telling somebody this just yesterday. We need to stop using the term white privilege. It's not a privilege to be white. Mm. Whiteness is not a privilege. Buying more stuff than you need is not a privilege. Living in a house bigger than you need is not a privilege. Being able to buy stuff you don't need is not a privilege. That's immaturity. Mm. That's not a privilege. It's not a privilege. Just like it's not poverty. It is not poverty to live minimally. Mm-hmm. That's not poverty. Poverty is when you think of yourself as less than what God imagined you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is poverty. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Uh, you 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 and, you dropping and, bars. Go ahead. Uh, go let ahead. me say one thing about liberty. Sure, sure. Let me say one thing about liberty. The, the difference for me between freedom and liberty. Liberty is one's ability to walk this planet and to be unashamed and unafraid of what people know about you, and whether or not they agree with who you are. Mm-hmm. That is liberty. Most people take freedom as an issue of rights. What can I do, and what can't I do? What am I allowed to do? Right. What do I have the right to do? Most people take that as freedom, like how I can move in the world. Liberty has not it has nothing to do with legality. Liberty has to do with can you stand upright, metaphorically speaking, and strip down butt naked 
and let the world look, laugh, say whatever they will, and your confidence never shifts. So what, what then is the goal or ought be the goal for black people? Freedom or liberation? Liber liberation, absolutely. Because what we're calling freedom, again, is killing us. Mm -hmm. How do I know? Because it's materiality. Materiality is killing black people. It's killing white people, too. Mm -hmm. And here's how you know. We're going into debt for it. We're killing one another over it. Somebody step on a brand new pair of white sneakers that, that, that some brother has on his feet, you, you're liable to get killed over yep. it. Mm -hmm. We're literally, we're literally destroying ourselves, trying to have the right of people whose desire was for us to absolutely have no rights whatsoever. That's why that's a, that, that is an, a futile point. Liberty is you can live righteously, you can live beautifully, you can have peace of mind, you can have joy, you can eat from the earth. You can do that whether white supremacy agrees or not. Mm. White supremacy cannot make my seed not come up from the ground. Mm. Let me let me let me say this. Look at my clock here. I got news, traffic, and sports in about forty seconds. Let me tee this up, and we will come to this immediately uh, when we come forward. Uh, it is the following. I, I sometimes wonder whether or not those who follow Jesus, those who are Christians, uh, we're talking about whether or not Jesus has been the victim of identity theft in this hour. In case you just tuned in. But I sometimes wonder and fear that those who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ uh, are ashamed um, to admit that they follow him, uh, and yet they have precious little. They have almost nothing. And that, that reality is on steroids these days. So how do you say that he is your savior? that you serve him, you serve this first century Palestinian Jew named Jesus, and yet you ain't got nothing. If God is all that, how can he be all that and you ain't got nothing? That dichotomy, I think, is a, is a difficult, uh, it, it's difficult terrain for people uh, to navigate, and I want to come straight to that and get your take on that when we come forward. I guess uh, he's back, Dr. Daniel Black on KBLA Talk 15. Our guest in this hour is Daniel Black. I'm Tabby Smiley. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. We are delighted to have you along with us. Uh, our general theme, although we're covering a lot of terrain in this hour, our, our general thesis in this hour uh, is really a question, which is whether or not Jesus is the victim these days of identity theft, whether or not he'd be in one of those, on one of those uh, LifeLock commercials uh, for identity theft protection where he here because all kind of stuff's being said and done in his name that really don't match uh, his message. And again, our guest uh, is uh, Professor Dr. Daniel Black, uh, who we are delighted to have on uh, in, in this hour. Uh, Dr. Black, you heard me say before news, traffic, and sports that I, I find that even some Christians, some of those followers of, uh, again, that first century Palestinian Jew named Jesus, even some of them wrestle with this, which is how he can be God of all, and yet his followers, so many of them, have so little um, your comments on that dichotomy and how those persons explain to others how they serve Jesus, but ain't got much to show for it. Because really, Tavis, in my estimation, now this is my estimation, most people who claim to be Christians are not Christians at all. Mm. Most people who claim to be Christians, what they love is miracles. And the reason we, especially in this culture, love miracles is because it keeps us from having to do work. <laughs> I, stop, stop, <laughs> Dr. Black, stop, 
stop, stop, stop. Okay. <laughs> you no, you remind me. Let me just okay. say let me say right quick. I, I, I checked on him not long ago. You remind me of my friend uh, the Reverend Jesse L. Jackson Sr. Uh, and 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 yes, Jesse sir. Jesse for years has talked beautifully and brilliantly as only Jesse can. I can't even try to emulate him, but he talks all the time about how Negroes won't do X, Y, or Z, but they want to bail themselves out with a lottery ticket, or they expect or That's they right. expect that Jesus is going to work some miracle when they have not done anything that they needed to do. So I take your point that we love miracles because it means we ain't got to do no we love more. miracles. Yeah, That's right. That's right. We love miracles. It's like if somebody I haven't studied for a test. It, you should be ashamed of yourself praying. <laughs> Knowing you ain't studied, right? In fact, that's a manipulation. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's not asking God to help me. I, you, you can't help somebody who ain't started. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we love. We love miracles because, because we look at our lives, we look at our situation as black people, and it looks like, I don't know what I can do. I, I, I feel helpless. I look like... so. So, Jesus, I need you to take over. Mm. But this is why Jesus ain't done nothing either. <laughs> because Jesus is going to help you with your project. If you ain't got no project, Jesus will be silent. It's like, you know, when Harriet Tubman was running to free, she wasn't praying for freedom. She was running to it. Mm-hmm. So Jesus met her in the middle of the woods and gave her more energy. Big God. See, that makes sense to me. She was halfway, she was halfway to Philly mm-hmm. and then prayed. Now that makes sense to me. But praying for things where you won't do work, that is absolutely a manipulation of a spiritual idea. Well, we are fine. And but, what's so interesting. But, no, I'm sorry, but we, yeah, but, but what's so interesting about, go, no, no, go you go, you go, you go, you go first. Go ahead. The, um, the, uh, the thing that's so interesting about this, too, is we're praying and asking Jesus for things that Jesus didn't have. Mm. Jesus didn't have no car. Jesus didn't have, and, and of course, they didn't have cars back then, but, but, but a whole sea of camels, Jesus didn't have that either. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I, from, from what I know, Jesus probably had one set of shoes. Mm-hmm. So how is you having 10? Jesus is blessing. Jesus is giving you something <laughs> Jesus didn't have. I'm thinking as you were talking, though, uh, about the fact that many of us don't want to do our part, but we want to just you know, wait on Jesus to work a miracle, which he can do. Right. Let me be clear now. He, he is a miracle worker. I've seen it happen in my own life. Oh, now. absolutely. He, he is, just, just to be clear, he right. is a miracle worker. Let's just be clear about that. But we are fond. Jesus is a miracle worker. He absolutely. is. Absolutely. But we are. Just to catch, a miracle worker. Yes. What does that mean? That Jesus works with what you give him to create the miracle. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And yet, I, I, it's not out of thin air. I was going to say uh, that we have become fond, though, in this culture. It, it's even become part of our nomenclature. Jesus, take the wheel. That's right. That's right. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. There are all these ways in which we unload everything on Jesus. Mm-hmm. But but we get so little fruit because the truth of the matter is. Until you start, Jesus doesn't move. Jesus doesn't move. And I think this is so, 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 so profound. And some of this has been the issue that millennials have had with church. And It's like, wait a minute, why, do, why in the world are black men, black, black women keep getting shot in the streets if we are doing all this praying to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not going to stand up and fight against gun violence, 
Jesus is not going to stop the bullet either. Mm-hmm. Now, can Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Jesus can. But will Jesus? Absolutely not. Because part of why Jesus came, Tavis, was to tell you that you have to be the Christ before you call me. Mm. The scripture says, um, after Jesus worked the miracles and everybody was astonished, Jesus said, these and greater things shall shall you you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you won't, he won't either. Mm -hmm. Because what that really means is that you don't want it. Mm. And what people got to understand, too, is we use Jesus as synonymous with capitalism. Oh, 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 here we go. Here we go. Go ahead. Go on. Let me get off the phone. No, see. <laughs> I'm not going to really get off the phone. Since, since you've already gone there, go, go you halfway there. Now go the rest of the way. Go on. I'm happy. And here's how do you know? How in the world does Jesus need stained glass in order to heal you? Why would Jesus need mahogany pews? What? We have put Jesus in a mansion that Jesus absolutely positively never saw, never seen, never wanted, never asked you for, and it didn't have one piece of power. But we've associated it with Christ so that people could perpetuate capitalism as a spiritual act, they believe. And yet this this prosperity gospel prevails. It continues to prevail. Yeah. What do you what do you make of that? And it prevails. It prevails. Ooh, I'm gonna say it because I'm already out here. So I'm gonna say it now. It prevails, uh, Tavis, because every person in America wants their turn at being the slave master. Man, <laughs> see, the problem is not slavery. The problem is who gets to be the master. Mm. Black folks want our turn at being the slave master. See, if we could get smart enough to understand, let's dismantle the plantation existence, period. Let's dismantle the whole system. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to dismantle the whole system. We want, and here's how you know. We keep saying, I want my piece of the American pie. Black people, let me tell you what that's unintelligent. We made the pie. <laughs> Why would we be asking? <laughs> we were the cooks, Tavis. Yeah, I got you. We made the pie. <laughs> Why would we be asking somebody else for a piece of the pie and we made it? Mm-hmm. Make you another one. Mm-hmm. Because we want the one that's we want the one that white supremacy has anointed. Mm. Ooh, God. It's like it's like the white man's ice being colder, huh? That's exactly correct. It's exactly and we do it a million ways. We compare black schools to white schools. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. This school is the is the Harvard of the South. That's an that's an insult. Mm-hmm. It's an insult. But we do it all the time, and there are ways that we undermine Christ by making Christ a capitalist. Because when you make Christ a capitalist, you rob Christ of you rob Jesus of all of Jesus's spirituality and Jesus's power. And what Jesus becomes now is a broker. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We've been talking in this hour as we will continue uh, to discuss whether Jesus Christ is the victim of identity theft. Now, that's enough to wrestle with right there. Uh, Dr. Black could teach a, a seminar series just on that notion. But now this Negro has come with this formulation 
that we've made Jesus Christ a broker. Lord have mercy. Uh, we're going to unpack that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15. Before we get to Jesus being a broker, Dr. Black, I'm reading messages, and there are many. Um, one message from a listener says that he, he, he knows a lady, uh, a black lady, who stopped going to church because she failed a state nursing exam. She'd ask her pastor to pray for her to pass it. She didn't pass it, and she just left the church because God didn't deliver I can't. For her I from can't. that from that test. I just cannot. I mm. just, I mean, Tavis, that's so that's so indicative of a people who have learned to pimp a Christ. Mm. And then if Christ doesn't do what you want Christ to do, you threw with Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, what's funny is Christ might have healed her last week. Mm. But if you didn't make me pass this test this week, and see, I'm going to borrow this notion of, of uh, have we sold Christ's identity? And I'm going to tell you, yes. And I'm going to tell you, one of the ways I feel like we have absolutely usurped Christ's identity is even in the way we make um, uh, images of Jesus Christ, Tavis. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that all of our images of Jesus Christ are of a fine man? Mm -hmm. why, does, why does Jesus need to be handsome in order to heal the sick? Why does Jesus have to be cute? Notice, there is no ugly crack. There's no ugly picture of Jesus. Even when Jesus is black, it's, 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 with, um, it's, a, it's a brownish skin, brother, with long dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. Because we need some image of Christ that sparks and brings us even internal, even even sexualized pleasure. So that's that's Christ in our image, not us in his image. That's correct. Mm -hmm. That's Christ in our image. We have made an idol of something that literally can excite our very flesh. Mm. The implication is if Jesus were physically unattractive, we cannot serve. Mm. To your point, to your point earlier, uh, that we have made Jesus a broker. I'm watching my time. He's getting away from me. Uh, unpack that. Thing. What did you mean by the fact we made him a broker? A broker, meaning we have literally put into Jesus's hands the notion that if Jesus does not make us wealthy, then then actually my prayer was ineffectual. Mm -hmm. If Jesus does not somehow stretch my check, if Jesus does not somehow multiply what's in my pocketbook, then in fact, either Jesus or I have failed. Because mm. what Jesus is supposed to do more than anything is if you believe in Jesus, if you walk with Jesus, you are supposed to be rich. Not only is that not true, but it's the exact opposite. If you walk with Jesus, you're supposed to surrender your riches and transform the life of other people. Because the thing you're supposed to know in walking with Jesus is that every single thing you get from walking with Christ is invisible. It's the intangible. Mm -hmm. The Clark sisters used to sing it. I'm looking for a miracle. I'm expecting the impossible. I feel the intangible, and I see the invisible. Mm. The whole point of walking with Jesus is to get out of the negotiation of material things. As, those, as that which brings you value and wealth. So, yes, we have absolutely, we have absolutely revitalized, and I mean, not revitalized, we've absolutely usurped the image of Christ as, as, 
as Christ understood Christ's self and as Christ is presented in the scripture in order to have an image that's more like what we want, because we really created this Christ. Now, I'm going to really go there. And really, truly, we even created God, because this Bible, the God in this Bible is a God that Western folks created and named God. That's not the creator. That's God as somebody imagined in a cultural moment. The creator is too big for a book. Mm -hmm. But as long as we do this, we get to own God. And when we can own God, Tavis, we can make God say what we prefer. That's why we're talking in this hour uh, about whether Jesus is the victim of identity theft, because we have uh, yes. put him in a situation where we put words into his mouth. Uh, and uh, he's saying things that we want him to say. We put him in our image, that not we us want in his image. Say. Yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it's it's disturbing. Uh, our guest in this hour is Dr. Daniel. Tavis, yes, sure. sure. Jesus, said, Jesus said, slaves, obey your masters. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. But someone who came to set the world free? Come on now. Our guest in this hour is Dr. Daniel Black. Uh, you are listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Interrogating your assumptions and expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Dr. Black, believe it or not, that hour went really fast, and we are out of time. I've got two minutes left here, and I want to just close with, uh, for those who may have missed uh, the earlier part of this conversation, of course, they can listen to all of this again on our podcast when it's uh, posted later today, and I'm sure you'll want to hear this entire conversation if you came in late. Uh, but ultimately, in the last 90 seconds here, what, to your mind, are the real dangers to our people who uh, subscribe to this prosperity gospel? The real danger, Tavis, is that if we're not very careful, we have lost our sense of understanding that we are really the moral beings of this country. We're the moral beings of this planet. Black people's presence in the West was really to show the West what it means to walk in spirituality, not to have a religion. Mm -hmm. The point of black people throughout the entire world was to show the rest of the world what it means to walk in spirituality, not to have a religion. But if we're not careful, we've gotten, as, as the song says, drunk with the wine of the world. Yeah. And now we, too, want these religions because these religions, quote unquote, make you wealth, make you uh, rich and they make you prosperous. But they do not make you wealthy in spirit. And that's the danger. The danger is if we're not careful, we're going to we're about to trade our historical spirituality for a material gain. Mm. And what do you think, finally, is the fate of those who continue unabated to preach this prosperity gospel? If you want God to do more for you this week, you got to give more than you gave last week. If we're not careful, Tavis, we're about to create the black equivalent of white supremacy. Whose goal is to do nothing but to pimp everything it can that it itself might become rich. We're about to create the black equivalent of white spirituality, because that's the thing we've dreamed that we always wanted, the right to have everything our oppressors have, that, including their religion. That might be where we pick up the next conversation when Dr. Black comes back to this program, um, mm. what it means that we are on the precipice. J.D., write this down. That's what we pick up next time when you on this program again. Uh, what it means that we are perhaps on the precipice 
of creating the black equivalent of white supremacy. What does that look like? The black equivalent of white supremacy. He has his way of giving me these uh, <laughs> these cliffhangers at the end of these hours. Uh, we'll pick up the next time. Dr. Black, thank you for your time, sir. Good to have you on this program. Thanks for having me, Brother Tavis. My great honor. That's our program for today and what a program it was. A busy, busy, fast-moving Fast-paced, three hours. But we got through it. Back here, Lord willing, uh, tomorrow morning to do it all over again, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep the faith.